0: Welcome to the Strong as a Mother podcast, where we listen to inspiring stories from strong women that are changing and impacting the world. I'm Elizabeth Eldridge, a doctor of physical therapy specializing in pelvic and women's health at Body Works Women's Health and Wellness in Greer, South Carolina. Thanks for joining me today. You are in for a treat today. These types of episodes are quickly becoming my favorites. On today's episode, I got to sit down with a former patient of mine from Body Works Women's Health and Wellness, which is a pelvic floor physical therapy clinic here in the upstate of South Carolina. Her name is Lou, and she was incredibly brave to agree to come on the podcast and tell us about her struggle with bladder frequency and urgency. It was Really affecting her life, and it's pretty magical to hear her transformation. Let's take a listen and let's let her tell you the story. I have to mention and apologize for the quality of the audio in this podcast recording. Um, My audio as the interviewer is very poor and very garbled, so I apologize for that. However, the patient, Lou, her audio is wonderful, so you can hear her responses to every question. So I do think this is still a very worthwhile podcast to publish, even though our audio is a little funny. Her responses are there and are super meaningful. And for people who are experiencing urinary frequency and urgency, I definitely hope that you take a lesson. All right. Lou, thanks for being with me today. Uh, Lou is a patient who has been through a plan of care at Body Works, and has been really gracious to offer her experience with us. So, Lou, I would love for you to...
1: So about who you are. Yeah, hi. Uh, I'm really flattered that you asked me to do this and I'm excited to do it because um, pelvic floor physical therapy has really changed my life. Um, so I'm 42, almost 43. I've got two kids, a new husband, I've got two really cute, stinky dogs. Um, I, what I really like to do in my spare time is community theater, if I have the opportunity and the time. Um, I have a small, very, very small house cleaning business, um, and I am currently so worn out doing that that I have decided to go back to school, by the way, and I'm going to study um, ASL so I can become an interpreter. Wow,
0: this is fun,
1: I, I get to learn this about you today. <laughs> yeah. Surprise! I'm so excited, I'm so excited. Oh my God, It's. A, I think it's a great career for somebody with um, theater experience also. Yes, that is wonderful. I love learning my thoughts that today, that's
0: good. Yeah. So looking back, um, kind of on your life, when is it that you first noticed that maybe something was a little off? This may be something that is more obvious now in hindsight and maybe wasn't obvious at the time. But when did you notice something was a little off?
1: It's probably in two parts. Um, I wet the bed for a long time. I say long time, until I was eight. Um, I don't know if that's associated with the problems I had as an adult, because my sister has um, an overactive bladder as well. And she was not a bedwetter. Um, so I knew I was different then. And then as an adult, so I was in the restaurant industry for years, 25 years. And, um, I just know I would go so much more than everybody else. And when we would drink and party and like when I was younger, um, I would go so much more than everybody else. And then the older I got, I was constantly talking to my doctors about my overactive bladder and how much I went at night. And the answer was constantly, yeah, that's unfortunate. You just have an overactive, like no one ever called it overactive bladder. They said I was too young to diagnose me with anything. Then in my thirties, when I moved here, um, I was 35 or 36 uh, to South Carolina. I finally had a doctor who was like listening to me. I love this woman. Um, she was like, yeah, you have an overactive bladder. Let's get you on some medication um, because I qualified for Medicaid. So it was easier for me to to get that. Um, and I had just dealt with it for so long that I took that medication and it made me miserable. And I was like, forget it. I'll just deal with it the way I've dealt with it forever.
0: So, what exactly were your symptoms, and how how did your symptoms
1: progress? If they did progress, like, what exactly were were they? Just always going, always all day long. I kept track of it one time when I was pregnant with my second child, and I had gone like twenty seven times in like twelve hours. I don't even remember what it was, and I remember my OB being like. Yep, that's what it's like being pregnant. She'd had five kids. So I think she just had no sympathy for anybody, um, which is like a blessing and a curse to have your OBGYN. I've had a lot of kids, but um, she just had no sympathy. Um, and uh, like urgency, so like no matter where I went, I had the path in my head, like, where can I go to the bathroom? And I would tell people when they asked me about my bladder problems, I was like, you know that commercial, got to go, got to go, got to go, got to go. And then they, they had the commercial about mapping out your plan to go to the bathroom. You Remember that commercial? I was like, that's me. I know where I'm going, and I have to know how long I'm going to be in the car. And it, it was like I would tell people I had the bladder of, like, a five-year-old, but that wasn't true. I mean, my, my children had better control than I did. We'd get in the car, and it, everything was miserable, Going all the time, all the time. And in the restaurant industry, when you're in the weeds, like up to your neck and and there's no time to breathe and you've got to go, you just, I just had to deal, you know, I would tell my bosses when I got hired that I had a bladder issue um, because I knew they would be like, why is she in the bathroom all the time? I didn't want anyone thinking I had a drug problem. (laughs) Seriously, I thought they were going to think that I was like, had other issues, you know, that weren't medical. I don't know. Yeah, so you
0: felt like you were having to explain yourself a lot and- Yes. Like a little bit like where I was kind of going with the next question of how did these symptoms really affect your life? And that's already an example of getting hired somewhere and immediately feeling like you have to explain your bladder.
1: Yeah, Um, there was a huge moment in my relationship with my, um, my husband, it was, I would say early this summer, we went camping, we hiked in um, somewhere and we spent the night overnight and I got up seven times out of the tent into the cold to go pee, squat and pee. And I was like wet by the, like, I was just wet. I was just like, it was horrible. I mean, I woke up, I had, did, I hardly slept. I was in tears the next morning. And I was like, I can't camp anymore. I can't camp anymore with you. And it, it was like devastating to me.
0: Yeah. So feeling like you were going to have to
1: say no to some activities that you otherwise think you would have enjoyed. right? Yeah. Because of the symptoms, it felt like
0: it was going to be impossible to do that again. Yes. Yes, exactly. So how did you first learn about pelvic floor physical therapy?
1: Um, well, I had complained so much to all of my doctors. And I finally had someone say, she said, Hey, I, you know, there's a nice handful of medications we can give you. But if you don't find something that works well, pelvic floor therapy is going to be your best bet. And I had never heard of it. And I didn't know what it was. And then I did some You know, I asked her about insurance, um, and that was a hurdle I had to figure out. Um, So, yeah, it was it was a nurse practitioner here locally that told me about it, and then I heard it from the original doctor that I saw in the beginning here who finally told me I had an overactive bladder. She was like, it's just your best bet, man. Like, it's gonna be the best thing that you can do for yourself. And it was like, everyone I spoke to about it was like, have you talk, have you heard about pelvic floor therapy? And I was like, yeah, man, I just, I gotta do it. I gotta pull the trigger, so. What did you initially
0: think about the idea of pelvic floor physical therapy when you first heard about it? What were some of your initial instructions?
1: I just was so clueless about what to expect. Um, I think what I imagined, <laughs> um, it feels a little bit juvenile, but I thought it was going to be a lot of like someone inside of me every time. Um, I thought it was going to be me in the stirrups, um, someone massaging my bladder or so. I just didn't know. So I was imagining so much more um, physical touch from... Um, the physical therapist um, then actually is there. Yeah, so what was your experience with pelvic floor physical therapy? How would you explain to someone um,
0: with some symptoms similar to yours what to expect if someone asked you, well, what was your treatment actually like? What did the physical therapist do if your legs weren't up in the stirrups the whole
1: time? So it was um You know, first of all, my physical therapist has had a very good bedside manner. And (laughs) um, yeah, so much like a visit to the OBJYN, you're going to have to scoot your butt to the end of the table, and it's never going to be far enough. (laughs) And they do do a physical exam and ask you to do some things, some breathing, some clenching, um, a couple of exercises, but that's it. for for that kind of, um, physical touch. Um, and so, you know, as women, we've all gone through that anyway. So it was like not really that big of a deal. And, you know, she got a lot of information out of that, uh, for, for our plan of action after that. And then, you know, the work was the exercises that she gave me to do were, um, you know, they were, I don't know the word tangible. They were like, Not easy, but, like, not so hard that I was, like, couldn't do it at home. I mean, I'm, like, naturally lazy, so (laughs) I (laughs) didn't do them sometimes. And I think the best part about it was that I was never shamed for not doing them. And that when I didn't do them, I felt extremely comfortable being honest that I didn't and that – um elizabeth you would give me exercises that i was more willing to do and that, that was so dope i was just like because my husband was giving me crap about it you know um he's like you're gonna be in trouble and you paid all this money to do this thing and uh but you made it so that it was like worked for me worked for me better Yeah. so it
0: sounds like to you it felt individualized
1: because uh-huh.
0: It's not a one size fits all. We have to meet people where they are. And sometimes it doesn't mean it means that we have to reevaluate how we're prescribing the exercise or revising additional
1: types of treatment in lieu of some exercises in order to um, still make some progress. Yeah. How long um,
0: has your healing going on? Like, how long did you
1: do physical therapy? What was the time frame for that? God, I can't remember when we started. Um, it was the summer, wasn't it? Yes. It was the summer. Yeah. Um, and so I guess it was. It's an eight-week program, and you go once a week for four weeks, and then you go every or I went every. I went two times every two weeks and then we waited four weeks and then another four weeks. And then it ended in two sessions, um, of Pilates, which is super cool. If you've never tried Pilates, I I, I, like, I loved it. I mean, it was like such a good workout for my core, um, and my pelvic floor and my hips and all of the things that I need to be working on. But, um, you know, with someone there and some equipment, because I'm not good at doing stuff at home by myself. I'm not self-motivated. So, as we have established.
0: (laughs) Well, what is your life like now after completing your pelvic floor physical therapy? How is your life different?
1: So the biggest thing is, so my number one goal was to be able to, go to the bathroom zero times at night, Um, and something I did learn from you was that for a person of my age, um, that it's very normal. Zero to one times is normal, so I go about two times a night on the regular, and I've gone more than that a few times, but I, like, for example, on my honeymoon, where I was drinking a lot and like staying up and blah, 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 you know? So um, lifestyle things do not help, help it. Um, but so like quality of sleep is, has just, it's skyrocketed. Um, and the other thing is I just like enjoy my day. I'm not constantly thinking about the bathroom or being wet or changing my underwear. I mean, I would go and I would wipe, but you just get that like that dirty feeling when you go all day long and I don't buy as much toilet paper, and that is not cheap. <laughs> toilet paper is not cheap, especially if you buy good toilet paper. Yeah, so you, have, um, <laughs> that example
0: that you gave with camping of peeing times in one night to peeing zero to two times in two nights and so you're not having to wake up that much and the day you're not having to constantly know exactly where the bathroom always is every place that you go Um, so it sounds like you can kind of be able to free up some space to just think about something else right
1: yep yeah exactly what yeah. advice would you like to send to
0: someone who may be experiencing some of the same things that you're experiencing? Because we know that there's someone else out there who may be in a situation like you were a couple years ago, and they're wondering what they're supposed to do. What advice did you send to
1: them? Um, do it. Do just do it for yourself. We talk about in my home, even with my children, mom taking care of herself, and how going to pelvic floor physical therapy was the best thing that I've done for myself in decades, honestly. Um, So I had some financial hurdles to get over. And if that's your issue, try to find a way, make that your priority because it feels so important. It just, you know, the effects have rippled into just, so many things, even if I, you know, if I was waiting tables again, it would be a different experience. I wouldn't walk in being like, God, I got to have this conversation with my manager. Are they going to be weird? Like how embarrassing. Um, so find the way, you know, start a GoFundMe if you need to. it's, it's, and also Body Works um, has payment options too, I think. There, there are ways around it. There are ways to, to get to, to doing it.
0: To uh, work with people with where they are.
1: So, mm-hmm.
0: um, But yeah, that's great. So, definitely the idea of doing something for yourself can be very hard, especially in motherhood. And I just want to applaud you for doing that for yourself. I'm very.
1: Proud of you for doing
0: it, and uh, it was a lot of fun able to work with you. And thank you again for sharing your experience, because I have no doubt that this is something that someone needs to hear today, and it's going to be the inspiration for them to be able to do some self-help for them right now.
1: So thank you, Lynn, for your time. I really appreciate it. No problem. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much. I hope
0: you enjoyed hearing Lou's story. She is so real and honest about her struggles and about her experience with pelvic floor PT. If you or someone you know struggles with bladder frequency or urgency, or you feel like you have a small bladder, constantly know exactly where the bathroom is and feel like you're there a lot, please talk to a pelvic floor physical therapist about it. You do not have to live this way. And if you are in the upstate of South Carolina, Body Works, Women's Health and Wellness is here to answer your questions and help you find the care that you need. Um, so definitely don't feel like that is the way that you have to live. Thank you for tuning in to the Strong as a Mother podcast. Come back for more inspiring stories from strong women that are changing and impacting the world. See you next time.